0: Let me show you this part of Biden's inauguration, because I mean, this is this is really all you need to see.
1: Storm and strife in peace and in war. We've come so far, but we still have far to go. We'll press forward with speed and urgency, for we have much to do in this winter of peril and significant possibilities, much to repair, much to restore. Much to heal, much to build, and much to gain. Few people in our nation's history have been more challenged or found a time more challenging or difficult than the time we're in now. Once-in-a-century virus that silently stalks the country has taken as many lives in one year as America lost in all of World War II. Millions of jobs have been lost. Hundreds of thousands of businesses closed. A cry for racial justice, some 400 years in the making, moves us. The dream of justice for all will be deferred no longer. A cry for survival comes from the planet itself. A cry that can't be any more desperate or any more clear. And now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism, that we must confront and we will defeat. (laughs) To overcome these challenges, to restore the soul and secure the future of America, requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy, unity, unity. In another January, on New Year's Day in 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. When he put pen to paper, the president said, and I quote, if my name ever goes down into history.
0: So, I mean, for those of you that watched it, this was a a wonderful speech. Um, You know, this was a wonderful speech, frankly, if you are a, a suburban comfortable American. Um, I'm not condemning comfortable suburban Americans, but this was a speech for the wine moms. This was a speech for um, those who are comfortable enough to think a lack of unity is the biggest problem in the United Corporations of America because we do live in the United Corporations of America. This was a speech uh, basically hitting the themes of emptiness that Biden ran on? Because Biden didn't run on doing anything per se in terms of policy. Um, Joe, Biden didn't run on doing anything per se in terms of healthcare. Doing anything in terms of you know the military industrial complex. Doing anything in terms of the corruption and toxicity of money in our politics. He ran on bringing us back to unity. He ran uh, on kind of a a brushed up version of what Obama ran on. Let's enter a post-partisan America. Heal the wounds of yesteryear. And this is all very wonderful language if you are a comfortable person economically. If you are a person with decent health care, um, if you are in a position where Donald Trump um, affected you mostly emotionally, not economically or socially, just triggers you emotionally because of the vile things he said, the vile things he proposed. But the truth is the person standing up there today is one of the leading people responsible for most of the things he's saying we have to repair. I'm not trying to just, you know, be petty and attack Biden on the day he's inaugurated. You know, the jury, uh, I think we know how this is going to play out because he's already shown us by who he's chosen in his cabinet, who he chose as vice president, how this is going to play out. But the devil's advocate could say, Jordan, you know, criticize him, but let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He just canceled the Keystone XL pipeline which is a good thing. Um, he just got us back into the Paris Climate Accord. It's a good thing. I mean, the Paris Climate Accord was essentially a, a band-aid to the climate's gunshot wound. It, it, I mean, most serious climate experts say the Cl- Paris Climate Accord is completely insufficient, but better that we're in it than not in it. I, I assume he would get us back in the Iran nuclear deal uh, I didn't see if he has yet. Maybe, maybe he did. Um, so it seems like he's essentially, that's why I titled it Back to the Neoliberal Future. He's just, first step is to erase everything Trump did, or as much as he can, and restore the Obama order. But the problem with this hoity talk about unity is it's a facade, People who run campaigns on bringing people together, it sounds good, but it's always been a facade. George W. Bush ran on it in 2000. Uh, Obama ran on it and, you know, and adding in, uh, you know, a post-partisan utopia America, which kind of hard to create when at the time you're raking in money from Wall Street, Obama was. Nobody knew that at the time because the media didn't report it. Um, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton ran on a lot of these themes. Stronger together, we need to unite. But the truth is, part of why the country is so tense, uh, I like what Crystal Ball um, phrased it. The country is a tinderbox. The country is a, it's any moment Exploding. Part of why it's so polarized uh, between Republicans and and liberals, between uh, progressives and neoliberals, between, frankly, white supremacists and the rest of us, is because the economic order of this country has been a gilded age, a corrupt gilded age, really, for the last 40, 50 years. That's the, 50 years ago was the last time we had even any sense of egalitarian economics, where a CEO might have made 15 times more as their worker, not 300 times more. A time when labor unions were a fierce, fierce force for good and, effect, and, and made demands and could make demands because they had the numbers a time when we we had tighter regulations on how much corporations and individuals could flood in to their politicians. Biden can talk till he's blue, blue in the face and restoring the soul of America, uniting, but the truth is, the soul of America, folks, CNN won't tell you this, MSNBC won't tell you this, the Associated Press won't tell you this, this is the soul of America, right here. Besides... Genocide of Native Americans, kidnapping, rape, murder of Native Americans. Besides, slavery, using black people as free labor to in the origins of this country, and then after they were quote, freed, criminalizing them. This is the soul of America. This is the ugly chart you they will rarely show you on MSNBC. CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Associated Press, Daily Beast, BuzzFeed, Reuters. We could go down the list. This is a huge reason why there's so much hate, why there's so much economic despair, why there is such, such a strong amount of people that were susceptible to Trump's lies Why so many people flooded the capital. Yeah, there's racism that's part of it. Yeah, there's paranoia. But there's also, at the root of all of this, is economic despair. And by the way, that's how Hitler, that's a major reason why Hitler rose in Germany. Germany economically was destroyed in World War I. Uh, Industry was essentially taken out. People were economically desperate. And in came Adolf Hitler. And that's how nationalism reaches such a boiling point. And people's economic anger, economic desperation, economic fear makes us susceptible to finding anyone they could blame, whether it's Jews, in Trump's case, Muslims and Mexicans and undocumented. But the truth is, Joe Biden is part of the corrupt system. That is why our money has been stolen. That red line is your money for the last 40 years. that stops at 2015. I haven't seen an updated chart how far that red line is going up these days. It's only exploded further during COVID. Even though I voted for him, I knew this this is basically going back to where we left off with Obama. And I think that he said a whole lot of lovely things I mean, CNN's slobbering over him all day. It's it's pathetic. I don't know if you saw this clip. (laughs) This was amazing. Watch this CNN reporter or whoever he is. I mean, just watch this. Listen, do I think it's a good thing that finally we have a president that is taking the pandemic seriously? Um, do I think it's a good thing that he memorialized the 400,000 dead? Yeah, I do. And, I, you know, credit to Biden for doing that. But, but let's, let's remember something very clearly. Joe Biden wanted to wrap his hands over America. He'd be giving all Americans guaranteed health care during a deadly pandemic. That's how you wrap your hands around America, not through bullshit optics. So, you know, that CNN reporter, whomever he is, making well over six figures, got VIP health care. So... They could focus on these, you know, visual aesthetic, these visual aesthetics. And they could slobber all over Joe Biden's extremities, which is what's been going on on MSNBC and CNN. And they could say, you know, I'm hearing these hot takes now. I mean, this this is another one. Uh, Reporters pushing, you know, James Clyburn says ex-president Bush told him Clyburn was the savior because of his role in helping Biden win the Democratic nomination. Clyburn says Bush went on to call Biden the only one who could have defeated this incumbent president. And this is the the gaslighting that's already been going on, that Biden won because there was some groundswell for Joe Biden in particular. Biden won because he's the only figure that could heal the nation. Joe Biden is the figure that is, other than Bill Clinton, who signed it, responsible for mass incarceration and imprisoning generations of black people. He's, that's the same person who stood up there today talking about finally solving racism in America. Joe Biden is the person who's instrumental in repealing bankruptcy protections for poor people. Joe Biden was instrumental in repealing Glass-Steagall, which led to the financial crash in 2008. So we could get back into, yeah, you know, I, I think it's pretty damn clear. Bernie would have wiped the floor with Trump twice in 2016 and 2020. All the polls show that. I mean, all the exit polls show that. And by the way, the exit polls in this past general election show. I mean, people came out against Trump, not for Biden. But they want to push this narrative because the neoliberal order essentially wants to paper over not just the last four or five years of Trump. They want to paper over the last four or five years insurrection, insurrection, um, explosion of the progressive movement. They want to paper over Bernie Sanders' movement. They want to paper over um, Democratic Socialists of America, AOC, The Squad, who I've criticized recently. I don't go as far to say fraud squad. Uh, you know, I don't think we're all children here who if politicians don't do what we want every time, they're the fraud squad. I mean, I love Jimmy. I, I just wouldn't go that far. Um, but the, f- the squad is on, they better be on alert. Uh, they're not celebrities to us. We elected them for a reason. And if they're not going to do what they said they're going to do, which is fight when they have the leverage, then we're not going to vote for them again that we will find other candidates to run against them if need be. Because I don't really care if AOC tweets cool things and sounds good. I care if she's ready to roll up her sleeves and fight. Uh, One of those two gentlemen uh, suggested essentially that we need to purge. Um, We need to purge uh, or go after OANN. We have to go after Newsmax. Um, Fox News and all of this. And I have an interesting take because, and it might, you know, some people might not like it, but I I, I see a lot of what the talk has been online. And I think some people either don't understand censorship or don't truly understand what speech is not protected. So to me, and I've given my opinion several times, it happens to be nuanced. I do think networks that spew dangerous misinformation and with that dangerous misinformation stoke their viewers to go out and fight on the grounds of this misinformation, I do think they should be held accountable because you have a major, major platform Uh, if you are a Fox News host, even if you're a Newsmax host, even if you're... um, an OANN host, even if you have a YouTube channel with a big following, that's, you have a responsibility. You, you can't just you know, recklessly push conspiracy theories that, when you're pushing them, come with you pushing those conspiracy theories, are essentially knowingly feeding those conspiracy theories to people under the guise of, we got to fight against this. Newsmax for months because they were seeing a huge surge in their ratings, were pushing this election fraud, conspiracy. They were telling their viewers to fight. You are telling angry people, you are feeding angry people more paranoia, more conspiracy, and it, it doesn't mean, you don't have to say, Go to the Capitol, bring your guns, go to the Capitol, shoot some people up. That's not, that's not the only form of incitement. So I don't agree with some on the left who say those people should be protected because if you go after those people, they're going to come after us next. And status quo was just come after. Two days ago, our cameraman, John, was live broadcasting. Uh... From a peaceful gun gun rights rally, we had over 6,000 people watching. Uh, honestly, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, the people carrying guns with their military garb were actually saying we're not we're not Trump supporters. And they were explaining why they were out there. Even Black Lives Matter people came. I thought it was actually a productive event. Um, but YouTube took it down because YouTube, and its algorithm, which is nonsense, it's a, it's also humans watching certain channels and making decisions to censor them, said, oh, there are firearms in the stream, so we have to take it down. Well, a week before that, we had 30,000 people watching our live stream from the Capitol, where John bravely went in and got incredible live footage. There were guns galore. They didn't take that down. So... Yes, censorship is a slippery slope. But this idea that no, not all speech should be protected and we need to just a carpet exemption even if people are pushing baseless conspiracy theories that they are cuz a lot of these channels were literally say we're literally fighting to stop the steal. Well, if you're fighting to stop the steal, which is a BS conspiracy theory, I know a lot of people have been pushing it, but as a journalist, I'm here to tell you there are no facts that support hundreds of thousands of votes being flipped from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. And there never were any facts to support that. And channels that claim, oh, we're just we're just covering election integrity are full of that's not covering election integrity. That's pushing an evidence free conspiracy theory. That's what that is. And those channels and and networks that claim, no, no, we're just, you know, looking into things here. We're just, you know, we care about election integrity. Caring about election integrity overall, that's a good thing. There should be a major discussion and coverage on our election machines, which are susceptible to being hacked, which can have votes flipped like that. But that's different than pushing that an election was stolen, feeding that to audiences for months. Feeding Stop the Steal for months after, by the way, Jen and I were outside the Philadelphia Convention Center two days after the election, where I interviewed Trump supporters who were out there, Stop the Steal, Stop the Steal. At 2 a.m., my wife called me. There were two men that drove up from Virginia with a van full of guns ready to shoot up the Philadelphia Convention Center because of Trump and the misinformation, but the media information, misinformation. Five people died at the Capitol because Newsmax, OANN, Fox News, uh, Breitbart, conservative media, and frankly, some on the YouTube were pushing this nonsense. Now, I'm not saying they're directly responsible. Obviously, people have to take an action to shoot a gun. But the bottom line is all of this plays a part. So I do think if you Whether it's a YouTube show or a Fox News anchor or whatever, you have a responsibility. Even if you're a commentator, even if you're not claiming to be a reporter, if you want to push conspiracy theories, that's fine. There are plenty of conspiracy channels, and a lot of them are great. It's fine that, you know, they're just, this is our hunch, and here's why we think. If you want to just be, you know, I tell my audience when when I'm not reporting something, when I'm just saying, here's my hunch— I make clear I'm not reporting this. I don't have evidence for it. You know, for example, the Flint story that we just broke for The Intercept. I knew about those phone calls way earlier, but I didn't have evidence of them. I just knew they existed. You see, as a journalist, I would have loved to publish in April of 2020 that Governor Snyder, his chief of staff, and health and health director were on the phone like a bunch of drunken teenagers for two days back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back phone calls for two days while a deadly bacterial outbreak in Flint's water was going on. But I didn't have the documentation. I I didn't have the evidence. That's the difference. So to answer your question, do I think some of these outlets should be held accountable? Yes, I do. I do. And I don't think that... I, I do think there are some forms of speech, if you are a public figure, you can't just get away with it. But, and this is the important but, and my position has frankly been lied about all over the internet the last few days by certain people using a tweet that I sent out on the day of the Capitol attack. I've made very clear, I do not believe, I do not believe Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, which owned by Amazon, should be the judge, jury, and executioners for who is inciting violence and who is not, for which live streams could, could go up and which ones can't, for which channels should be elevated and which should be suppressed. All of that should not be in the hands of unelected, Cretans. All of that should not be in the hands of Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, Google CEO Jeff Bezos, who owns Twitch. Because when you give ultimate power for information to unelected people who are financially in bed with the government, then the censorship is not actually about the merits of the content. It's about pleasing advertisers. It's about protecting government secrets. It's about maintaining the status quo. So do I think that there needs to be an independent body in, in conjunction with the courts so that if hosts are inciting violence and I, what, I deter, what I consider inciting violence is telling people to fight In this polarized moment, telling people go fight. Fight against. Fight to stop the steal. That's absolutely inciting violence. These are not stupid people on Fox News. These are not stupid people on Newsmax, OANN, and other YouTube channels. They know exactly what they're doing. They know they're not feeding this to people who are going to try and go go kindly talk to their government and have tea. So Forms of accountability. What do I mean by that? Somebody, whether it be the courts, an actually independent body that is not Republican or Democrat, these entities need to be publicly regulated because they are public utilities. Mark Zuckerberg openly said, Facebook is like a government. Then it should be regulated because Mark Zuckerberg shouldn't be determining whether Donald Trump could be on Facebook. Jack Dorsey shouldn't be determining whether Donald Trump should be on Twitter. They should not be determining what right-wing channels go, what left-wing channels go, because it is beyond a slippery slope. They will abuse that power, under, and they have, will abuse that power. First, they will come for legitimate white supremacists, extremists, And then they will come for edgy podcasts. Then they will come for Jimmy Dore. Then they will come for status coup. Because the censorship that they, what they want censored most is not white supremacy. What they want censored most is anti-capitalist, anti-war, and anti-corruption. Those three things. So to answer your question, which was long-wind, I don't agree that we should just let all everything sit, nothing be censored. I think people that are putting out out there, it's censorship to to eliminate certain extremist voices don't understand what censorship is. And frankly, I mean, under those people's definitions, really, really dangerous people in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, like Mussolini, Stalin, Hitler, um, you name it. If they came to rise in today's age, they would say, no, no, you can't censor them. You can't get rid of their channels. Can't get rid of their social platforms. There is a line where people need to be held accountable. But I don't think Silicon Valley should be the ones to do it. That's my honest opinion.